0: If a family is joining us in the building today, Bridge Kids is open and ready to serve you. The family room is also open now if you aren't quite ready to check them into Bridge Kids, and you're welcome to go there at any point during the service. If you prefer to stay here in the auditorium with your family, that is just fine as well. We're happy to have your family here in our service. If you're watching online or in the family room, we hope your kids will join us right now for the Bridge Kids online service. Just go to the Bridge Kids page on our website or to the Bridge Kids Facebook page and your kids can watch on any phone, computer, or tablet. It's going to be a great day and we are grateful to spend it with you. And our service will begin in just a moment.
1: Today, for the hope that we have in Jesus. You know, those words just mean so much today. In the middle of all that's going on in our world, we have a hope beyond the hope that many others will never have because of the hope we have in Jesus today. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave, and his hope for eternal life is ours. And the last part of that song says, Hallelujah praise the one who set us free hallelujah praise the one who set us free i want to ask you to do something today without any singing i want you to take those words and let those words be your words would you just lift your hearts with me if you want to lift your hands that's great let's just praise the one who's given us that hope would you do that today father we lift our hearts to you today and we give you praise and honor and glory because you're a gracious God you're a good God you're a loving God and we have eternal hope because of Jesus not a short-term hope not hope for a day or a week but a hope for eternity That no matter what comes our way, we know, we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Father, we honor you today. We lift our hearts in celebration to you because of the hope we have in Jesus. And we thank you for that hope today. Amen. Let's give God praise one more time in the house. Would you join me? It is so great to see you on this last Sunday of 2020. How many are looking forward to even, I mean, as great as 2020 has been, how many are looking forward to even a better year next year? Looking forward to that? Hey, it's great to see you today. While folks are still coming in, turn around, just greet a few folks from a distance or however you choose to do it. We're really glad you're here today.
0: morning everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today at The Bridge. We're excited to get to spend the last Sunday of 2020 with you and with your family. We're excited to finish 2020 strong and step into a new year full of bigger and better things. Here's a look at what's coming up over the next few days at The Bridge. We hope you'll make your plans to be with us.
1: Hey, 2021 is upon us, and we're getting ready to launch a new season of Bridge Men, but we're going to launch a little differently this year. We're going to have our very first meeting on a Saturday morning at 830 in the morning. That's on January 16th. So mark your calendar, set aside time. All of you guys, it's going to be a great time of just talking about the issues of the day and how we as godly men approach those issues. So set aside time, we'll be giving you more information in the weeks to come, that's Saturday morning, January 16th, right here at the Bridge, 8.30 in the morning. Hey, what is going on Bridge
0: Youth? I want to let everybody know that this Wednesday we will not have youth, but... On January 6th, we are having our launch party, our first service of the year in our remodeled youth room. It will be an amazing time, great speakers. We have hangs at 6, service at 7. It's going to be the best night of your life. I cannot wait to see you all there.
2: If you are new to the bridge, we want to do our best to help you get connected and find your place in this church family. That's why we created a thing called Connecting Point connecting point is where you go to learn more about the history heart and mission of the bridge church but most importantly we want to help you find out where you fit in and our next connecting point is happening next sunday january the third during the 11:30 service if you'd like to come we just ask that you sign up by going to the connect tab on our website or the connect tab on the bridge app this will help us plan for you and if you have kids, Bridge Kids will be happening during that service to serve them. We hope that you'll join us next Sunday morning at Connecting Point and find your place in the Bridge Family.
0: If you're new to the church, we want to help you find your place and get connected. Just go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. There you can find a Connect card with details to help you get connected. If you don't yet have the Bridge app, just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. This is the best way to stay updated with everything happening in church life. Thanks again for being in church with us today, and we hope that you and your family have a very, very happy new year.
1: Hey, once again, I'm so glad you are here today in church today, whether you're joining us online or whether you're here in the building. God bless you. Thanks for being here. If it's your first time here, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're really glad you're here. You can check out our church website, thebridgechurch.tv, or we have a church app you can download to get all the information you might need about the Bridge Church. If we don't answer all those questions and you have one, ask somebody today. We'll answer those questions for you. So glad that you are here. Now, on this last Sunday of this year, I was kind of thinking through and praying through the schedule what we're going to do. And I thought, you know, it might be nice to hear from a different voice. Can everybody turn to somebody and say different? Emphasis on different. We're going to hear from a different person today, a whole different kind of person. Somebody that I love, somebody I appreciate. He is weird as he can be. He dresses funny most of the time. You never know what's coming next, but the funny thing is, I learned in the Old Testament that if God wants to, He can even speak through a donkey when He wants. So, would you put your hands together? Let's welcome Corey White.
3: Does anybody else love our pastor? Absolutely love our pastors. Nobody in the world, no leadership in the whole world, I would rather have served under this year than them. Hey, if you got a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter one. Like Pastor Gary said, my name is Corey. For anybody who doesn't know me, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, I have the privilege of serving here as your youth pastor. And I absolutely love it. So when Pastor Gary asked me to um, to speak today, a couple things went through my mind. First off, I thought the last Sunday of 2020, okay, uh, what a responsibility, what a uh, what an opportunity, one that I don't take lightly and one that I am so appreciative that I was trusted with. Um, and then my mind went immediately to this sort of image and illustration that God had given me about a month, month and a half ago, right here in our auditorium as Pastor Gary was speaking, right down here. And, and this, uh, this image came to me, this illustration came to me, and, and I didn't know when or like how it was for, how many people know that God will give you a word in and out of season, I have a note in my phone for all the words God gives me. And and I had a feeling that this word was for our entire church. But if you know, I preach to our youth on a weekly basis, but I don't preach on Sunday mornings that often. And even though I felt like it was a word for our whole church, I, I didn't know when that word would be given or in what context. And so I wrote it down and I just saved it. And when Pastor asked me to speak this morning, I immediately, my mind went there. And yes, it does have to do with basketball. Yes, uh, I am a youth pastor, and yes, it is a little bit unorthodox and even different than how I usually preach. Um, But how many know when God gives you a direction, that's the best way to go? So that's the way we're going to go this morning. The next thing that my mind went to, uh, my mind went to um, how weird this week is. You know, post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, isn't it just such a weird week in the year? It's like you feel like the year is over, But it's not. A lot of people are tired and worn out. Some people are discouraged. Some people feel beaten up. A lot of people, dads, feeling broke from Christmas because you just bought the whole family gifts. And it really is such a weird week. I started thinking about how weird it must have been for Mary and Joseph post-Christmas. Right? Because the job wasn't over when baby Jesus arrived. Like, heaven and nature sang, but there was still a murderous lunatic trying to get their kid, Herod, right? Like, and so the job wasn't done. On top of that, it's like Mary had to recoup and heal. Uh, Joseph had to provide. The wise men were dodging that same murderous lunatic. They had to figure out how they were going to get home. And, oh, yeah, not to mention they were tasked with raising the Messiah, the savior of the world, right? And so so it really is and really can be such a weird week. And it made me think about a sports analogy. Now, this morning, maybe you're an athlete, maybe you're not, just show of hands, who, play, who played any type of sports growing up? Awesome, okay, cool, no problem. Then you are all gonna get this analogy and this illustration. Um, even if you didn't, I think just the imagery is going to help you. But it made me think of, Overtime. Everybody say overtime. overtime. What is overtime? If you're taking notes, you will get a fast pass into heaven when Jesus comes back. Just so you know, uh, write that word down. Overtime. Think about overtime for a moment. What is overtime? It's post game after maybe four quarters, nine innings, three periods. Any hockey fans in the room? Hockey fans don't get much love, but hey, go Ducks! Right? And and even though you were mentally prepared for four quarters, two halves, three periods, nine innings, whatever it is, now you have this sort of stretch of time that you have to push through. And, and in overtime, the team, the players, you, you are more fatigued, more tired, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's injuries coming into play, all of that sort of stuff. And now you have this stretch of time that you have to push through in hopes that on the other side of overtime, you'll find victory. This week reminds me, of overtime. I have what I call a sermon in a sentence because I'm a youth pastor and teenagers have the attention span of a goldfish. So if you want them to leave with anything, just give them one thing. All the parents of teenagers said amen. amen. Uh, so if you are taking notes today, write this down. Here is my sermon in a sentence. If you leave with nothing else, leave with this. If hope is in your heart, then victory is at hand. Come on, if hope is in your heart, then victory is at hand. After we sang that song, Living Hope, I don't know about you, but I was just like filled with hope. And I don't know about you, but this year, in 2020, I do not want to end the year with hopelessness. Because it seems like everywhere you look, every turn, every time you turn on the TV, every time you get on social media, all you see is hopelessness. And I, for one, refuse to give into hopelessness not when we serve the God that we serve not when our messiah and our savior is the living hope and and I want to end this year I want to end this year in faith with hope with confident expectation that God is bringing victory and breakthrough on the other side of this overtime he did it for Jesus. If he could do it for Mary and Joseph the week after their crazy Christmas, then he can do it for us as well. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, you don't believe me? That's okay. Don't believe me. I'm just a youth pastor. Believe God's word, though. Let's go to God's word. I like doing this in youth, if it's okay with you. Would you guys stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We, uh, I like teaching our teenagers, hey, people died so that we could have our Bible. Let's honor God's word. Anybody got a paper Bible? Paper Bibles in the room? Let's go. I love paper Bibles. My Bible's kind of falling apart, but that's how you know that my life isn't. Come on. (laughs) Christian jokes. They're the best and the worst at the same time. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number, we're going to start in verse number 18. Here's what it is. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. Everybody say hope. hope. The confident hope. That has given those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Now, he is far above, somebody hear this this morning, he is far above. Self. Before you're seated, would you pray with me really, really long in spiritual prayer. God, speak to us this morning and do something with the Lakers because the Raiders are just hopeless right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat. Um, what's the worst prank anybody's ever played on you? Think for a moment. Are there any parents in the room you like playing pranks on your kids? My family were like prank. Family, my parents played so many pranks on us, and, and Christmas uh, seventh grade Christmas we had asked for a lot of things for christmas and, and even though uh, my family we wouldn 't really grow up um, with a lot of money, but uh, Christmas always seemed to just be great, and somehow my, my mom, my stepdad they would just they just pull together, and Christmas was always really, really awesome for us and, and Christmas seventh grade, um, I was asking for a lot of things, but the number one thing I was asking for was a guitar I wanted a guitar so bad. You might ask, why, Corey? Did you want to like lead worship? Did you want to like praise the Lord? No, I wasn't even saved yet. I thought girls liked guys who played guitar. So I wanted a guitar. Um, And I asked, and I really wanted a guitar. So Christmas morning came, we're opening all of our presents. We get through all the presents, and and I hadn't got a guitar. And so I was like, man, I really thought I was going to get a guitar. And so I kind of started looking around like maybe I missed it. And then from peeking behind the tree, I saw a guitar case with a bow on it. I looked at my mom and my eyes lit up, and she's like, Yeah, go ahead, go grab it. So I go over to the Christmas tree, I grab the guitar case, I pick it up, and my first thought was, It feels lighter than, I felt like it would feel a little heavier, but I don't know, maybe I'm just like really strong, who knows. So, so I bring the guitar case over to the couch, I, I unlock the, the case, I open it up, and to my dismay, it is not filled with a guitar, but it's filled with socks. Yes, socks. I look at my mom and my dad like, how, why are you so like mentally and emotionally twisted that you would do this to your child on Christmas morning? Right? And so, so I was like, well, wait, well, why, why? the socks? Like is there a guitar somewhere else? And they're like, here's the thing, Corey. We thought we'd pull this kind of funny prank just to cheer you up because this Christmas we didn't have enough money to get you and all the other siblings these gifts and get you a guitar. So this case is a symbol of hope because on your birthday in May, we're going May 23rd if anyone's wondering, <laughs> we're going to get you a guitar. And so what, what was I supposed to do? Like be upset? They're like, man, mom and dad, like make more money. Like no, you know, you, that's not how you respond. It's Christmas morning, it's like, I'm crying, like, it's okay that I didn't get the guitar, like, oh, wait. So what did I have to do? I had to toughen up in hopes of what was to come, all because of this crazy prank. All right, I have a couple points for you this morning, three ways that we can build our hope, whether this morning you find yourself in a place where, like, you have no hope and you need hope. Maybe you have some hope and you just need some more. Or maybe you are like super-duper saved and you have all the hope in the world and you just ain't trying to let the world steal your hope. Either way, three ways that we can build our hope. Number one, just like me when I opened the guitar case and it was just socks, I had to be strong. Write this down. Be strong, finish strong. I'm going to invite a couple of my guys up to come help me with some uh, illustration stuff. Hey, give it up for Michael, Titus, and Dylan. As they come, I want to read you guys a verse. Joshua 1 and verse 9, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, it says this. This is my command. Be strong. Everybody say strong. strong. Okay, on the count of three, all the men say strong. One, two, three. Strong. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it should be like riding Harleys and eating steak and stuff. Whatever manly men do, I don't know. <laughs> be strong and courageous. It's interesting that he said strong. God could have used any. Word, But day one on the job for Joshua. Moses died. Joshua is now leading the mi- millions of Israelites. And the word that he chose was be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, I'm going to give you guys this illustration how God gave it to me. If you don't like the fact that we're about to bounce a basketball on the platform, be mad at God, not me. He's the one who gave me this illustration. I'm going to give it to you exactly how God gave it to me. All right, so... Who knows, uh, by a show of hands, who knows what pick and roll is? Pick and roll in basketball. Okay. If you don't, that's fine. Again, I think that this imagery is just going to help you in and of itself. So here's what we have. Um, basically, I'm doing this for one reason. Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm just going to spin this basketball on my finger the whole time while I preach, okay? That's not, the, <laughs> that's not what's going to happen. That would be the cheesiest illustration of all time. Here's what we're going to do. Dylan's going to play point guard for us in the Kobe jersey. Let's go. So it's the... Lakers versus Genesis Hoops. Let's see who wins. Shout out Rudy and Ty from Genesis Hoops, people in our church, amazing people investing in the next generation as well. Um, But what happens in a pick and roll is uh, it essentially breaks down into a sort of two-on-two moment where you have defender, defender, point guard, I'm going to play big. (laughs) I know, it's ridiculous, but for the illustration, okay? So what you do is the first thing you do, you come and you set what's called a pick or a screen. Now, the biggest, most important thing about when you set your screen is that you set your screen strong. Everybody say strong. Now, Michael here is a very athletic, strong man. (laughs) Michael literally works out eight days a week, okay? This dude has been playing basketball since he was this big. So if I were to come and set a weak pick against Michael, here's what would happen. I set this weak pick and boom. (laughs) Either way, Michael's getting through me, especially in these boots and pants, okay? This is definitely what I play basketball in, by the way. Um, No, you got to set a strong pick. And there's different, like tricks to the trade. People will use their inside leg as a sort of hook. You kind of push off. So what you want to do is when you set the pick, you want to set a strong. Everyone say strong. You set a strong pick. Boom. And then you're there. (sighs) Okay, I'm wearing a blazer, so like it's really hard to get my hands up in this. You want to set that strong pick. But then what comes next, what's really important, here you go, Dylan, right here. Boom. When you get the ball, the next thing is that you Finish strong. Probably more than anything else, these three boys and every single person who's ever played basketball and has a coach talking to them has heard those two words, finish strong. You go up and you... Okay, hold this. Amber, my beautiful wife, you're going to have to take this from me. You have to (coughs) finish strong. Finish strong. Now, what so many young players will do is they'll get the ball... They'll turn, and then they'll just kind of finish. What Now, I'm so good it still goes in, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Glory to God, you guys. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. But you have to finish strong. And this week, can I tell you, it's a weird week. And what so many people do post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, is they just hit autopilot. They go on cruise control. They don't finish strong. Can I encourage you today, don't go on autopilot this week. Take time this week, before the new year comes, before 2021 comes. Take time to pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your jobs. Pray for your careers. Pray for your kids. Pray for your family members. Pray for your neighborhood. Pray for your city. Pray for your church. And finish strong. Amen. Hey, can you give it up to our guys? I'm going to send them back to the bench. Not because they're bench players, but because I still have some preaching to do. You know, as a youth pastor... um, one of the things I see kind of plaguing the next generation so much, and it's really, it's not, only with, um, it's not only with young people, but it's with, like, I've seen this more than ever. I've been doing full-time ministry for close to 12 years. And something I've seen so much in the past few years is this sort of victim's mentality that so many people are living under. They see themselves as, like, a victim in every situation. If it, if it can go wrong, it is going to go wrong, and it's going to go wrong for me. And, and look, I get it. I get it. I'm going to be vulnerable for a moment because the last time Pastor Gary did this like panel thing, I shared just the tiniest little snippet of my story and I realized how much of our church don't know my story. And, and I have, just to preface this, I've asked my mom, I've asked my family if I could share some of the little bit more, um, I guess, gruesome details of, of, of our story as a family. Well, I wasn't born into the church. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't get saved until I was almost 16 years old. I was actually born to a single mom. My mom was pregnant with my older brother at 17. She had an abortion at 18. And then she was pregnant with me by 19. My biological father was in and out of the house. He was, he was on drugs. And the last time he left, when I was about seven years old, I never saw him again. And I found out later that he spent the remainder of my childhood in prison. When we grew up, we grew up, we were broke broke. We, we played the candle game because the, the electricity would go out. Now, can I just say, growing up hood is not all bad. Like, some of it is really fun. Like, some of y'all don't know how awesome it is to throw bologna on the stove and eat that as a snack. Come on, somebody. <laughs> growing up hood is not all bad. But you know what, we we grew up um, without a lot of money. We were on welfare, we were on government assistance. I remember times my mom uh, would give my brother and I food and she wouldn't eat and I didn't know why she wasn't eating and then later on in life, I figured out it's because she didn't have enough money to feed both us and herself and she chose to feed us and, and go hungry herself. I remember guys coming in and out of the house when we were young, drugs in the house, alcohol in the house. I remember when my stepdad who was still married to my mom, if you ever hear me say dad, I'm talking about my stepdad because family's more than blood. And um, if you hear me say biological father, I'm talking about my biological father. But I remember the first couple years my stepdad was in the home, he felt like a stranger because he was working two or three construction jobs just to provide for us. I remember the struggle. I remember after school going to the Mad Greek Burger joint and sitting in the booth. And doing my homework while my mom worked. I remember going to the back room of Sizzler for eight hours and watching movies while my mom waitressed. I remember the struggle. And can I tell you, like pretty early in life, you start hearing all the statistics all the statistics about uh, divorce and alcoholism and prison and your dad's not around and you were diagnosed with ADHD if you haven't noticed and all the things that come up. And I could have so quickly given into this victim's mentality. But what I realized, and honestly, I I did. For a long time, I did. I fell into that, I started falling into all the same things until I met Jesus. And then everything changed. And I realized really, really, really quick what I hope that every single person in this room will realize this morning, is that you can be a victim or you can be a victor, but you can't be both at the same time. So I had to decide that it ran in the family until it ran into me. Now, here's the thing. I am in no way trying to, like, inspire you with my story. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help you see that when God intervenes, there's always hope. Amen? Come on. When God intervenes, there is always hope. And I don't know, um, I don't know how any believer can read this right here and not be filled with hope. Many of you are going to know right where I'm going already. Romans 8, we're going to start in verse number 37. No. Everybody say no. I just love the defiance right there from the get-go. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not a quarantine, not an epidemic, not a, 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 the economy crashing, not being fired, not being furloughed, not depression, not anxiety, not divorce, nothing. I love this. Not even all the powers of hell can ever separate us from God's love. Amen. I don't know about you. That just fills me with hope. Okay. I'm a bit of a Bible nerd. I'm a nerd in general, but I'm a bit of a Bible nerd. Can I be a Bible nerd for a quick second? Um, We read Joshua 1.9. And the first thing that uh, God told Joshua was, be strong. Everyone say strong. Strong. Be strong. And the word here, be strong, it's actually one word in the Hebrew. It's the word chazak. It's like when Pastor Zach is preaching and he tells a joke and you laugh at Zach's joke. Chazak. Everyone say chazak. (laughs) You're bilingual now. It's really interesting, actually, because this word, "hazak." it's so cool um, because this isn't God telling Joshua or telling us to have this sort of self-motivated, pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstraps type of of strength. That's not what God's saying. The literal meaning is like to to grow in your strength. So already there's hope here because maybe today you feel hopeless. Well, there is the opportunity to grow in your strength. Your strength. Now, here's where it gets really cool to me. According to the Brown Driver Briggs lexicon, this word is derivative of an Aramaic verb that means um, quite literally to, to squeeze, to bind, or to hold tight to. And, and uh, according to Brown Driver Briggs, this, um, this is like talking about your literal strength of your hands. And the imagery we get is of um, a tree's roots kind of binding and wrapping around something. Here's how, here's how I see it. Toss me that. Toss me the rock, Dylan. Um, a loose grip loses everything. Michael, come smack this ball out of my hand. It's going to lose everything. Here's what it should look like. Here's what hazak is. You hold the ball, and you don't lose it. I saw this video of Chris Paul, he like is holding the ball and Damian Lillard comes and he tries to smack it out of his hands, but it ain't going anywhere. I want to hold tight to God's promises like that. Enemy, try to, try to get rid of this. No, I'm going to hold tight to this. You're not going to take, I, there's nothing else I'm going to try to hold tight to. Just God's word, his promises, that's what I'm going to try to hold tight to. Amen. Now this is where it gets really Bible nerdy. I love this and I hope you love it as much as I did. So I, I did a cross-reference of this Hebrew word, chazak. And, um, you know, Joshua 1.9, God tells Joshua, hey, chazak, be strong. And it's the same word that God used when he told Moses that Pharaoh's heart would be chazak-hardened. Okay, you guys didn't react like I did. Amber, I was in my, in my kitchen, I was like... Babe, this is so, this is so cool. And I just told her, I was like, there's something there. <laughs> Hazak, So Joshua, be strong. Hazak, Pharaoh, hardened heart. Hazak. So it seems to me like the same process in opposite directions can get one person to wrap their heart around hopelessness and say, well, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to build my kingdom, ultimately enslaving God's people for 430 years. Or in this direction... Joshua, in hope, wrapped his heart around God's word and freed those same people into God's promises because it all depends, your strength all depends on what you wrap your heart around. What is your heart wrapped around this year, 2020? Man, there's so many things that have been trying to pull our heart roots. Let me encourage you like God encouraged Joshua in Joshua 1:9 Be strong. hazak. Not in like, yeah, I can do this. Like n- like no, I, can, I as as pastor was leading us in transition, I started just praying, God, thank you for intervening in my life. Where would I be? My situation was hopeless. But you intervened. And so I'm gonna wrap my heart around your word and your promises and find my strength in that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we're moving on. That was the longest point. Here we go. Point number two write this word down expectation. I'm gonna ask my guys to come back up. Expectation. So, number one, we got our point guard, our point guard set up. We have our defenders here. First and foremost, you set your strong screen, boom. What happens next is incredibly important. Here's what young players will do. Any, any parents have like kids under eight years old trying to play sports? <laughs> like on the soccer field, they're just like sitting, the girls are just braiding their hair in the middle of the field. Well, it's what a lot of young players will do. They'll set their screen, they'll go, and then it's just this. And, and here's what happens so often if you turn and you're just, let me cover this pack. It's expensive. Here's what will happen. Yes, a teenager just threw a basketball at the preacher in the house of God on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the youth pastor. Come back next week. Pastor Gary will fix everything I said. But can I just tell you that right there? Like, I, I look young, but, but I've been doing ministry for 12 years full time. I can't tell you how many Christians I've met, how many believers I've met that are living their lives like that. They don't, expect, they don't expect anything from God. They don't believe that God wants to bless them, provide for them, heal them, bring them breakthrough, bring them victory. And so they have their first strong moment, salvation, and then it's just, well, I guess that's it till I go to heaven. No, God wants to bless you. God wants to provide for you. He wants to bring breakthrough. But it's all about posture and position. So you set your strong screen, Boom, you're through. Now here's what should happen. Boom. Now I know, I know, like preaching 101, never turn your back to the audience. I know. I'm sorry. It's for the illustration. But you see what happened there? As I rolled off, boom. Boom, I'm there. I'm ready to receive. Our, our lives should be oriented towards God, ready to receive. Now it's not only that I turned towards and I was ready to receive, but look at the, what, what happened with my hands. Boom. I was not only positioned, but postured to receive. Because this, we've all seen, like, the really dope passes from, like, Magic Johnson. And I used to love watching a guy named Jason Williams, a.k.a. White Chocolate. People called me White Mamba. No big deal. (laughs) And by people, I mean me. Nobody else calls me that. (laughs) But, man, those guys had the craziest, coolest passes, right? But it doesn't matter because, because... the most frustrating thing for a point guard is when they throw a dime, this beautiful pass, and then this happens. It's like, how frustrating must it be for God when he sends us provision, breakthrough, blessing, healing, victory, and we're not in a position. That's why I think worship is so important, because what does it do? It positions, it postures us <laughs> to receive... From God. That's why That's why you, whether you're watching online or whether you're in person, this is exactly what you should be doing the last Sunday of the year. In the house of God, postured to receive from God. So you have your hands ready, boom, and you receive from God. Now, here's what's going to happen is uh, in this moment, a lot of times a good defender, a good defender is going to position themselves between you and the basket, between you and the goal. This is not really even in the notes, just a freebie. Uh, The enemy will always stand between you and the goal, between you and the prize, between you and God's promises. Where were the walls of Jericho? Between God's people and God's promises. But here's what I love. A really good point guard, which Dylan is a really good point guard. A really good point guard has a package of passes. He could give you a pass over the top. Boom. He could give you a pass, bounce pass. Boom. A really good point guard will drive and give you a pass behind the back. I really hope the camera angles look as cool as it looks up here. One of my favorites is the point guard will drive and he'll give you the no-look pass. It's like looking in that direction, but then boom, there you are. A good point guard has a package of passes. God will send you things in the most unorthodox ways, in ways you do not expect. But as long as you are positioned and postured, you'll receive it. Amen? Hey, can you give it up for our guys? One more time, head to the bench, you guys. Are you in a posture to receive from God? Acts chapter 3. Um, Peter and John, they come across a paralyzed man. And um, in this moment, the man's begging. And then I love, I love what happens. Peter tells the guy, look at us. Now look at this. Uh, Acts 3 verse 5. So the man gave him, their, he gave them his attention Expecting to receive something from. Him. Expecting to receive something from. Him. Now, here's what I love. What he received was different than what he was begging for. He was asking for money, but he received healing. But because of his posture and his position, focused on Peter and John, focused in God's direction, uh, because of his posture and position, what he received was better than what he asked for. Come on, what he received was better than what he asked for. But it's all because of his posture and his position. That was it. You know, I am. 31 years old now. <laughs> it's so funny, like, doing youth ministry and getting older. I was at H&M the other day and uh, uh, buying these pants. And there was a famous rapper in front of me. And I didn't know who he was. I had to ask a student. That's how you know you're getting old, when a famous rapper's in front of you and you didn't know. But you know you're getting old, too, when you meet this. I've met this uh, new friend in recent years. Uh, his name's Backpain. Backpane. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, so, I went to, so I went to a chiropractor, a local chiropractor, and the chiropractor told me what probably many of us have heard if you've ever been to the chiropractor. And that was essentially this. Your pain is basically self-inflicted. He said, your posture is to blame. Because this is what I do so much of the day. On our phones, so much of the day. He said, your posture is to blame. What if so much of the hopelessness that many of us are facing in 2020, what if, I'm just saying what if, at, at least in part, what if the pain is self-inflicted? What if our posture is to blame? Now, here's the cool thing about posture. You can, he tells me to do this. That, that just feels, anybody else when they tell you to fix your posture, they you say, take your shoulders and roll them back. And I just feel like I'm walking so weird, you know? Can I tell you, when you've walked for so long looking in the opposite direction of God, not facing him, not going towards him, not expecting anything from him, you are going to walk for a little while feeling awkward. It's not going to feel normal, but you're going to retrain your spiritual muscle memory to where at every turn, at every moment, anytime anything goes bad, it's just God. Oh, God. Oh, God. That we are oriented towards God. We're not oriented towards the news. We're not oriented towards social media. Young people, you're not oriented towards your boyfriend or girlfriend. (sighs) But you're oriented towards God. The great thing about posture is you can fix your posture. What if we oriented our lives towards God and just focused on him, expecting to receive something. Amen. Amen. Here's our keyboard player, comes out, makes me sound more spiritual. Um, Our last point this morning Write this down. Press on towards the goal. One more time. My guys are going to head up as I read this verse for you guys. Philippians 3, chapter 13, uh, chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. I press on toward the goal. So here's what that looks like. Let's recap the whole thing. We got point guard, we got two defenders. You set the pick. Boom, strong pick. Now here's what a great point guard. There's good point guards and then there's great point guards. Here's what a great point guard can do. As you set that pick, the great point guard can pull the defense into himself. This is what this is an image of what Jesus did for us. And now where am I? Right here. Living in freedom. To do whatever it is that can I tell you that some people are like, Man, we've got to be ready to, like, you know, cast out demons and all, and you know, fight the spiritual. But I mean, yeah, for sure, 100% we do. Um, but last I checked, according to the Bible, that you know, when Satan fell, only one third of the angels went with him, so it's two on because two thirds is double the amount of one third, so we don't have to deal with that. The angels and Jesus is dealing with that, we're just over here living in freedom 99% of the time to do what? Oh, press on towards the goal. Press on towards the goal. In freedom. Okay. Now, oftentimes, here's what will happen. Remember what a really good defender can do. Really good defender, boom. He's going to get between me and the goal. And now what happens next and what you do next is so incredibly important. It's provision, breakthrough, victory. All that comes to you. It's the ball heads in your direction. We have a student named Levi Luzader. Love him. He's been with us for four or five years now. He's been playing basketball with us lately and super teachable, super teachable. lets us all kind of like coach him a little bit. Um, here's what he would do. I would send him the ball. He would turn and see an intimidating defender standing between him and the goal, between him and the hoop. And what he would do is instead of pressing towards the goal, he would retreat away from the goal, ultimately setting him up for a shot that's like near impossible only Jordan, Kobe, LeBron's going to make this shot, right? Can I just tell you that if you turn and you see opposition in front of you, if you see a mountain in front of you, if you see obstacles in front of you, if there is a Goliath in front of you, it's because God sees a David inside of you. And look, here you are. You have made it through. I'm so glad I have a basketball to smack. That just makes it preaching so much more You've made it through every one of your most difficult days, and here you are. You're stronger than you think you are. So, as God sends you that provision, don't retreat. Head towards the goal. Oh man, I thought you were gonna like (laughs) whack. Michael could have sent that into the stands for sure. Press on towards the goal. Amen. Can we give it up for our guys helping communicate God's word today? Thank you, guys. You always press on. Towards the goal. And what I love is um, is that as you press on towards the goal, as, as the big me, no big deal. As the big gets the ball and he goes, a good point guard's always gonna cut with him. And the help is always there. That's what they call it. They call it help. Jesus, when he went, he said, Hey, I'm going. This is goodbye, but I'm gonna send the helper to you the Holy Spirit. Is anybody else thankful that at any moment we could call for the Holy Spirit's help and strength that we do not have to walk through this alone? As I close, and I only use that word because when you use the word close or conclusion, 70% of your audience re-engages. I can't help but to think, um, as we're talking about all this, be strong, finish strong. Expect God to show up. Press on towards the goal. In a room this size, um, there's so many different stories. And we all find ourselves in different places of life. And maybe today, you, as soon as I used the word hopeless, you were just like, yep, that's me. Maybe it's been a horribly difficult year for you. Maybe so much so, That your life has been oriented away from God, not towards Him. You haven't expected a thing from God in years. And the last thing on your mind is pursuing or pressing towards God. Can I just tell you what maybe you've never heard a pastor say? That's okay. (laughs) Because Siri took a, a, a page out of God's book when they programmed the navigation. Because when you grab your phone and and you say, hey, Siri, uh, I was half expecting my phone to go boop, boop, and like, hey, Siri, um, get me directions to Chipotle. What, What does Siri automatically do? It gets you directions based on your current location. So if where you're currently at is a place of hopelessness, can I tell you that's okay. All you have to do is call on God, respond to him, and he'll give you direction based on your current location. I want to pray two prayers this morning. Um, And the first is a simple invitation. Because no matter where you're at, no matter what your hope meter looks like, maybe the little orange light on your hope tank has been on for a long time. The first step for all of us is just responding to God. So would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're in this place and you would say, that is me. Feel hopeless? I'm staring down 2021, and I don't have the answers. If that's you, can I just tell you the best thing you can do is orient your life towards this living hope, Jesus. We do that in a really simple way we we pray, and maybe you've never prayed before in your life. It's just talking to God. And so if this morning you want to give your life to God, you want to surrender lordship to him, maybe you've never done that, maybe you did at one point and you've walked away, this is your moment, this is your time. What we're going to do, we're going to pray a prayer together. We're a family, so we always pray together, whether you're watching online or you're here in the building. Would you just repeat these really simple words right after me? There's nothing magical about these words or there's nothing magical about me praying them. But if you wrap your heart around these words, if you take the roots of your heart and you wrap them around these words, you will be saved, and I believe hope will come flooding in. Would you repeat these really simple words right after me? Say this: Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So today, I give you my heart. I give you my life, I give you everything, and I'm gonna follow you for the rest of my life. No looking back, no turning back. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, that's the best decision that you could ever make with your life, I promise you that. There's just one more prayer I wanna pray this morning on the last Sunday of 2020. But I have to admit something. Um, I didn't finish the empty guitar case story. So the guitar case is filled with socks. I'm incredibly crushed and hurt. Hours go by. We had dinner, all of this. We're hanging out somewhere between dinner and pie from up the hallway. I hear the plucking of guitar strings. And it was my stepdad coming down the hall, bringing the guitar, the acoustic guitar that they had brought, that they had bought for me. I went on to play that thing every day. I still play guitar since then. I've I've worshiped, I've fled worship, all kinds of stuff. Can I tell you? Your heavenly father has good gifts for you. And one of the greatest gifts that he has for you is hope. Because if hope is in our hearts, then victory is at hand. And so I'd like to pray one more prayer this morning. And if you would, if you'd be willing, would you just stand to your feet as we pray together? I don't want to put anybody on the spot, and I even put like a maybe in my notes next to this, but I really do feel that when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it just makes it so much more real to us. If you're in this place and you would say, you know what, Pastor Corey, I need a little bit of extra hope. I need some hope this morning as I'm heading towards, twenty. in this overtime week, as I'm heading towards 2021, I could use a little extra hope. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray for you specifically, wow. Can we do this together? Can you just, if you're comfortable, would you just put your hands out in front of you, postured, ready to receive something from God? God, we pray for hope today. This is the weirdest, strangest year. But we know that despite all things, overwhelming victory is still ours. Because of you, Jesus. So this morning I pray for every hand that went in the air a moment ago, ago, God. I pray for supernatural, doesn't make sense from heaven hope in their hearts, God. As they look back at 2020, maybe all that they see is, is dismay and darkness and and, and and discouragement. Well, God, this morning, we just declare in Jesus' name that there is no room for hopelessness in our hearts, that negativity will no longer live rent-free in our mind, that dismay is not going to set up shop in our hearts. And in this moment, we're not just hyping ourselves up. We're not just encouraging ourselves with some type of self motivation, strength. No, in this moment, postured in your direction, God, we are wrapping the roots of our heart. We are chazak our roots, our hearts, God, around you and your word and your promises because they are good promises. You say that you know the plans you have for us. They're plans to prosper us and not to hurt us, God. They're to give us a hope and a future. So if God is for us, who can be against us? And because of that, we find hope in you, God. Would you deliver hope to every? Heart and God, I pray that every single person in this room and watching online, as they log off online or they walk out of these doors in a moment, that every one of us will walk away with a greater level of hope because of you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. amen. One more time, can we give God praise?
2: How many people feel like God just like ministering this morning? Anybody just sense that today? I asked Corey to stay for just a moment, but I, I, I don't want to add anything to what Pastor Corey said this morning, but I feel so strongly to say this because I've heard this said the last few days. I've, I've heard a lot of people make jokes and say that this year on New Year's Eve, they're going to stay up not to, not to watch the new year come in, but to make sure the old year goes out. And that's funny. But you know what? We have a lot to be hopeful for. Yes. We have a lot to hope in. We have a lot to hold on to. I don't know about you, but, man, let's go into next year with hopefulness about what the future holds. Let's be the people of God, not just the people of this world that are being pushed around by the winds of what's happening around us. Let's be the people that hold on to hope. Amen? Amen. I asked Corey to stay for a minute because I know Pastor Gary had some fun with him at the beginning. But, man, I'm so grateful. I'm so proud of this guy. Anybody grateful for Pastor Corey? I just want to say, hey, Bridge Youth is in good hands. Corey and Amber, you guys are amazing. We have such a great team. And today for Pastor Corey to get to share and just share his heart like this, I'm so grateful. So one more time, just give him a big, big hand as he goes. today. Amen. Be seated. we got just a couple more moments here in our service. And I just want to ask everybody, if you do me a favor, do the people around you a big favor. And just hang tight for a moment until the end of service because I just want to share a couple of really important details with you today. And, um, you know, we, we recognize that right now here in the building, people watching online, there might have been people that made decisions to follow Christ. In fact, every single week we have people, whether it's a small amount or a big amount of people, there's always people that make a decision either to follow Christ for the very first time, surrender lordship of their life to him, Or they make a recommitment. Whichever boat you might find yourself in today, if that's you and you made that decision, we just want to help you start this journey of faith. And we have a gift. We talk about this every single week. But can I tell you, we don't get tired of talking about it because every single week is a new opportunity to help people follow Jesus. So if you're a regular here at The Bridge, we do this very, very intentionally. And we appreciate your patience here at the end of the service. But listen, because this is very important. We have a gift that we want to put in your hands if you made that decision today. It's called The Next Seven Days. It's a simple book that will help you start your walk with God. There's a couple of different ways that you can get it. If you're here in the room, we'll have prayer teams in the building after service, right up against these side walls down here on the floor. Just walk up to one of our prayer teams and let them know you made a decision to follow Christ or you recommitted your life and you want to get, get the book. They'll give it to you. We don't need anything from you, but we are here to help in any way that we can. If you're here today and you need someone to pray with you, to stand with you, to agree with you, to encourage you. That's why our prayer teams are here. So please take advantage of that and don't let this day go by without letting somebody pray with you. If you have a need, if you're watching at home and you made a decision to follow Christ for the very first time, all you got to do is just click on the connect tab right there on our website or the bridge app, and we will get your contact info. There's a box that you can check there that says I made a decision to follow Christ. We'll get in touch with you and we'll send you the next seven days because we are very, very happy that people made that decision. So one more time, as the family here at the bridge, can we put our hands together and welcome people into God's family today? We always say that's the best decision you could ever make in your life, but I promise you that's the best decision that you could make to close out 2020. So, hey, we're excited about the future, and we're looking forward to a strong, strong year ahead of us. And right now at the end of our service, we're going to take a moment and do something that we love to do, and that's to honor God by bringing our tithes and our offerings into his house. And if you'd like to give this morning, if you came planning to give, there's a few ways that you can give digitally that are on the screen right now. If you came ready to give in person today, there are a couple of giving stations. I wanna let you know just where those are today so that if you're looking for them, you'll be prepared. Before you exit the auditorium, right before you walk out these doors, there's a giving station on either side of this first set of exit doors. You can just drop your physical gift in one of those slots there and our team will be happy to gather it later. And there's also a giving station outside by the kids' check-in area. So if you head out and turn right, Go towards kids check-in. We have a giving station that's there as well. Please choose whatever is most convenient for you. But above all else, the thing that I want to express this morning is just a big, big thank you. Thank you, church, for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your generosity. You know, it's interesting. When Corey was preaching this morning, he was joking and kind of laughing about how a lot of us, not just dads but parents, and I guess probably all of us who gave gifts this year, it's really easy to get to that point where you say, wow, you feel like you spend a lot, and so therefore whatever you have left you tend to hold on to. I know for me, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that I don't wait to see what I have to give to God. I choose to honor him first because I bring the first fruits of my income and my increase. I bring God the first tenth, his tithe and my offerings. And, you know, the church, the ministry of the Bridge Church goes forward because of faithful people who have made that decision in their heart. And it's a heart decision. We don't give out of compulsion. We don't give because of arm twisting. We're just grateful that people choose to put God first because we recognize the ministry here at the bridge has continued to go forward because of a generous God and generous people. So again, thank you so, so much for putting God first and making a difference right here in the Temecula Valley. All throughout the year, we've seen community care go on and on and on. And you know, while I'm thinking of it, I'll also just say this for many, many months. During this season, we watched community care stay open Sunday after Sunday after Sunday when we usually would have given our team breaks. And our community care team has worked so hard and so diligently this year to put food in people's hands. And there's been food on that table because of your giving and your generosity. And so thank you so much. On this side of heaven, you might not ever get to see the difference that you made, but I promise you, you made an eternal investment when you gave here at the Bridge Church this year, and it really changed people's lives. So thank you so much for your giving. Hey, we hope that you've enjoyed being in church today. One more time, let's just thank Pastor Corey. You killed it today. It's awesome. Anybody excited for a better and brighter 2021? I'm with you. Let's do it together. Have a wonderful week. Have a very happy new year. We will see you next Sunday in church at 930 and 1130. We love you. God bless you.